0: Hello everyone and welcome back to the CDL podcast channel in this episode today. I'm extremely excited if you've been watching the podcast for the past couple of years, the last two call of duty league seasons, you know that this is one of my favorite things to do. We're doing some season long predictions. I love doing predictions, whether it's for tournaments for roster mania for season long, just talking about the results of the Call of Duty League and where they could go and talking about matches is one thing that gets me super excited. It's one of my favorite things to do, so I cannot wait to get into this one. There's going to be maybe one piece of news we talk about, and it's going to be fully on season predictions, awards predictions, tournament predictions, bold predictions, everything that has to do with Call of Duty League 2022 predictions. Uh, but before we get into that, Kyle, how are you doing today?
1: Oh, Ryan, I'm doing, uh, doing pretty good today. We had, uh, you know, it's just Where I'm at, it's super cold. Mm -hmm. Um, So I've been inside mostly all day. Uh, So, you know, kind of just getting like that cabin fever where you just like (laughs) you want to go outside, but it's also like you don't want to like die. But uh, (laughs) the same thing, uh, just looking forward to, uh, you know, a few weeks time, uh, finally getting into some uh, competitive Call of Duty that's actually watchable. Yeah, it's about damn time i've been waiting
0: for it for a long time uh we've we've been talking about every week we talk about we have like a countdown until we actually get to talk about matches and real stuff and not speculative stuff i guess this is kind of kind of speculative but this is actually like getting into the real meat of the season and actually talking about some teams and where they're going to finish and actual like stuff that we can look forward to that's for sure going to happen we know these matches are going to happen we know the season's going to happen so it's actual stuff that's not hypothetical and we can We can start to talk about where we think the CDL is going to go this year. But if you guys enjoy this one, be sure to leave a like, comment, and subscribe on YouTube and keep following uh, on the audio platforms and showing support, dropping reviews if you can on the platform you're listening to. We'd greatly appreciate it, like usual. And we look forward to reading your comments on your predictions for the year. Maybe you guys have some bold predictions to offer, and maybe you think we're idiots with where we put uh, the teams in the regular season standings and we're completely wrong. So, everything, whether you agree or disagree, we want to hear it down below. But before we jump into our predictions, One piece of news we wanted to mention, there are some like minor things, but we figured the predictions are going to take a very long time, and we don't want to make it a three-hour episode, so we'd probably push a lot of the news to next week if it's uh, applicable to go to next week, but there's one piece of news I wanted to mention, not confirmed, but uh, the Ghost of Hope, who's a pretty reliable leaker, uh, he's leaked a lot of stuff in the past and been accurate, Uh, he said uh, three hours ago, can confirm that Vanguard will be getting ranked in the next few weeks, just got word from a source and then, as a follow up, he said, "Pretty sure it's World War II's system as well." And then he went uh, on that word again uh, about like an hour later and said, "Yeah, he's like 99.9 percent sure it's a World War II system." So, for those of you that don't know, that's the best case scenario in terms of a ranked play if it's a World War II system because it's an Elo system, which is about as good of a system as there is in ranked play in video games right now. Actually, like means something; it's not just gems in a stupid division with a random name that means nothing, uh, like we've had in most Call of Duty titles apart from World War II. So hopefully this is true. Hopefully it's coming within the next few weeks. Like we talked about, though, you and I have mentioned it's already too late, but, you know, sometimes we have to take some positive out of something and, hey, if it's coming out in the next couple weeks when the CDL drops and it's actually an ELO system, it'll be one of the slight positives that have happened in the competitive Call of Duty world over the last few months.
1: Yeah, uh, you know, unfortunately for me, I kind of used, like, myself actually buying the game as a barometer for... (laughs) <laughs> uh, the success of it and you know i just think it's kind of too far along in the life cycle i've just heard so many negative things about oh yeah this game um not to say that you know uh you know the previous games didn't have their flaws um but yeah I, I just it's too far along in the life cycle i feel like it would be me getting like trying to get into fortnite on controller right now it's just like <laughs> i'm way i'm way behind the skill gap uh for for those wondering i did try and do that uh a few years ago i tried to play Fortnite on my xbox and i got absolutely demolished and i gotta really be <laughs> sad um so i i feel like that would be the same uh thing that would happen just um you know i don't, I don't know uh but you know for those who have grinded and uh from day one on vanguard i'm i'm happy for you i think uh if it is a true elo system um, it should be very good hopefully uh considering it is sledgehammer
0: yeah i'm excited for that because like we've both stated i mean pobs in this game is pretty chalked so a ranked play with a good system could actually get me to play the game and enjoy it because i'll be honest the level i'm i understand that some people might not enjoy it but the level of cod fan i am and competitive fan i am basically if you give me a ranked play and uh a good actual like ELO system with it, I'll probably enjoy playing it no matter what because I just love competitive COD that much. Uh so I might be part of the problem is I'll just play the rank play no matter what. (laughs) I might be part of that problem. But hey, if it's a good ELO system, I'm gonna play it just because I love competitive COD that much. So I'm excited for it. Thought it was just a quick good piece of news to touch on because we've been harping on so many negative things that have happened and this is actually something that you can find a silver lining in and maybe a positive in if it's actually true. So Just want to touch on it. So we're not always just touching on everything negative in the competitive COD world. Uh, But I think it's time if you're ready, Kyle to jump into the standings and do one of my favorite things that we're going to get to do all year. Let's go for it. All right. So our like kind of rundown of what we're going to do here is we wanted to do our regular season standing predictions. So if we have a team in first, it doesn't necessarily mean we think they're going to win champs. If we have a team in second, doesn't necessarily mean that we think they're going to finish second at champs. This is purely at the end of the regular season, going into the champs where we believe the teams are going to be finishing. And then after that, we're going to do some like individual awards. We're going to do comeback player of the year, rookie of the year, MVP, champs winner. So the team and then champs MVP winner. So whatever player on that team that won champs we think is going to win MVP. And then we're going to do five bowl predictions that are just completely separate. It could be really anything related to the league. And I'll be excited to see what Kyle has for those because we decided not to tell each other anything. But what we have for the bowl predictions so we can kind of be more taken off uh kind of caught off guard by each other's predictions and talk about them a little bit but we'll dive into our standings right away our regular season predictions we're gonna go 12 to 1 because i think that's a little bit more suspenseful when you start at the bottom uh i'm pretty confident we're gonna have the same team at 12 i don't know that we need to spend that much time on them Uh, i've got paris at 12
1: yeah i agree um yeah i really just don't see um much of a high ceiling for them uh and their floor is like astronomically low. Um yeah. I don't really I mean they they could eke out a few uh match wins. Um I don't know. I don't really see them making too money too much too much noise. Mm-hmm. I will say the only positive for them is like in
0: all their rosters that they've made I guess their first one was a little bit more like iffy, like in Modern Warfare, but like last year they picked up a bunch of mainstay pros that were consistently in the Pro League, but they were like bottom bottom. And I guess the pros they picked up this year are pretty much all mainstays as well, but they're more maybe leaning towards the middle tier. So, like, not saying they're going to do anything special, but I think maybe their floor might be a little higher than it's been in the past. Now, that's maybe saying that their floor is like they'll win a couple more matches than they have in the past. I'm not saying they're going to be anything special, but I do think that like guys like Temp. And even John and Fellow, I'm not a big Decimate fan, but Temp, John, Fellow, I think those three are like teetering more towards the middle of the pack. So like more talented than the bottom that they usually have. So I think maybe they'll win a couple more matches, be a little bit more competitive. They won't get absolutely blown out of the water by the top teams. But yeah, I don't see much of a way that they get more than 12th. Maybe they find a way to finish like top eight at a major or something. But yeah, I think Paris is 12th. All right. You want to move on to 11.
1: Yeah, I don't have much else to say on Paris. I'm sorry for all you Parisians out
0: there. (laughs) Hey, maybe they'll surprise us. It'd be fun if they did, because that means the league is ultra competitive. Paris is doing something and making any noise besides being last. But number 11, this is, I mean, honestly, I figured both of us were going to have Paris at 12, but I honestly think the rest of the list could pretty much differ because a lot of teams, I mean, I feel like the nine through 11 spots are probably going to be the same, but teams might be flip-flopped. And then honestly, the top is just a jumble. Like we could have people wherever, Uh, but who do you have at 11? I have Boston. Okay, I do as well. I thought maybe there's a chance you could put them at like ten, maybe nine, but I have them at eleven as well.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm just not. Um, you know, obviously they're super late to the party with roster mania. Um, you know, their roster has some. You know, names with some potential upside. Obviously, you know, methods is a great pick for a you know a mainstay back. Uh, you know, backline AR. Um, TJ has his moments as an SMG, um, but, you know, with the Nero and capsule, I'm not exactly sure where, um, you know, they're, they're largely unproven. Um, you know, I, I, like when it comes to playing other pros, they have been scrimming decently. I will, Mm -hmm. I will give them that, um, you know, they're holding their own. Uh, I just think the rest of the league is so competitive. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, you know, unfortunately they're gonna fall victim to the other teams just having, you know, better players, I guess, for lack of a better term or for lack of a better word. Um mm-hmm. you know that's not to say though that I don't think Boston couldn't, you know, potentially, you know, win a match or two at a at a major and start surprising some people. Um but you know just in terms of where they fall in my power rankings I have them at 11.
0: Yeah, I have them at 11 as well. I thought this would maybe be where we could differ because I could see like potentially putting them at like 10 maybe because of the fact that they have been scrimming pretty well and people like Scump on the Optic podcast have been saying that they've been scrimming them tough, so I thought maybe there's a chance somebody might move them up and make make a little bull prediction, but I have them at 11 as well cuz I think the ceiling is a lot lower. Although I know absolutely nothing about Capsidal, so he could end up being a freak and propel this team to a higher level because they do have some steady, good players. Like like you said, TJ, he's maybe not like a world beater, but he's a steady, usually like pretty good SMG, and we know Methods is a pretty steady and solid AR. So if guys like Nero and Capsidal are able to somehow be extreme difference makers, I can see a world where this team does propel, um, not to the top of the league, but I can see a world where they're maybe battling for that eighth spot. Uh, all depending on those two. But however, it seems like TJ is going to flex for this team from what I'm hearing. So if Nero and Capstal are on the subs, two completely unproven players, it's a little scary because as we know, sub tends to be the most impactful position on the map. So if those two are really struggling, they're going to get dominated because we know how many teams have dominant sub pairs. So that's where I see them kind of falling short. Just complete unknowns at the sub position is, is really tough to put your money on considering that I think we both would agree that there are a lot of teams that have dominant subduos and it's going to be pretty hard to win if your subduo isn't putting up big numbers.
1: Yeah, I agree with that.
0: All right. Number 10. uh, Let's see if we have our first differing opinion here. Who do you have at 10?
1: Uh, I have the London Royal Ravens.
0: Okay. So I don't have the Royal Ravens here. You know, everybody knows I'm pretty high on them. I have surge here.
1: Okay. I have. Yeah. Okay, so I feel like we might have them around the same area, but um, oh, we'll see, yeah, um <laughs> so for Royal Ravens, I just um i I'll, I'll just give a brief spiel on that uh you know, they have um yeah, I guess you know, they have Afro, obviously, and then they have uh nasty and Gizmo uh two rookies coming Apparently in
0: Apparently, like three hours ago, too, they just brought in Harry, who's like arguably the most talented European am as their sub. -hmm. Just for information, yeah,
1: yeah, I I did see that, and then, um, and then obviously they they have a Trey Zero, uh, Mm -hmm. coming back after like a year hiatus from the pro league. Um, so you know they have a lot of, you know, I I think they're going to have a lot of chemistry, uh, you know, things going for them, going well for them. Uh, obviously being all like UK English players, uh, will be a big benefit for them. Uh, I just I'm not exactly. You know, when I just look at all the other names of teams, I'm just not exactly sure that I I don't know. Maybe London's falling victim to, like, recency bias of, like, how how bad they've been for me, but I don't know. Uh, mm-hmm. I, 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 I really would like to be
0: proven wrong. I'm gonna say my thoughts on London because I went bold with them, but that's all I'll say. Oh. So I'm gonna say my thoughts on them until I get to where I put them, but I had Seattle Surge at 10. I feel like it's a pretty fair placing for them uh i do think that the surge have a pretty big leg up from boston and paris in terms of where i think their ceiling is i think that as we get to surge we get to a team that could potentially fight for the eighth spot a lot more than maybe paris or boston because i do think a lot of people are picking pred to be their rookie of the year so if he's a rookie of the year contender i would have to believe that surge are at least like decent and potentially fighting for an eight spot and in, in making it to the playoffs. And people have been talking up Sib like he is the next great thing for two or three years, it seems like now. So if those two are as good as people say they are in both rookie of the year contenders, the Surge have to have a somewhat high of a ceiling because we know accuracy is a pretty steady uh AR and he's pretty good at organization on the map. If he's able to get the players to listen to him, he's going to be solid. And then we know Mac also is a little bit up and down, but we know he can have big games. So this team seems like accuracy being steady mac being up and down but having the potential to have big games and then two guys who a lot of people are saying are rookie of the year favorites it seems like at least in my eyes they should have a pretty high ceiling i don't know that they'll reach that ceiling but it seems like the talent is there which is why i put them ahead of the other two because i just believe that if they all hit their peak they're the team that could have the highest peak
1: that's fair it's fair
0: all right you want to move on to number nine
1: yeah so this is where i have uh seattle surge Um... okay
0: i have florida here
1: yeah, I, I I was thinking once you said that you were going bold with London that <laughs> you were gonna be less uh less bullish on Florida. But uh yeah, Serge, um, you know, just not really um Yeah, you know, I, I just think they're gonna be constantly in that bottom four uh fighting with the other three teams there for the you know to crack into the top eight. Um you know i i do think that uh it'll be good for them that they're uh you know that reportedly they're going to allow all 12 teams at the majors now um that they're going to revert back to uh yeah that's a good know, thing yeah um just so you know they they can get some land exposure um i'm a little bit more uh high on pred which is why i uh just have surge naturally a little bit higher. That's fair. Um I think Mac is a really solid underrated player as well. Um I think he's gonna he has the potential to do great things for this team as well. Um Sib and accuracy, you know, the the concerns if they can get along uh you know if if they can both put their egos to the side and you know come together for the benefit of the team will be uh you know, instrumental in in whether this team, uh, you know, thrives or dies. In my opinion, uh, you know, I I just think they might be like the first team out when it comes to the top eight.
0: Yeah, I can definitely see that, and I like I really 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 like the placement of them at nine. Like I said, I battled with that because I do think that of our teams that we're viewing as maybe the bottom four or five teams, I do think they maybe have the highest ceiling potentially. So I like the placement of them at nine. I have no issue with that. Um I went with Florida at 9 kind of in the same boat for me although from what we're hearing a lot of people have said Florida have been really good in scrims so I'll, this might look bad uh, obviously these predictions we might feel different after the opening weekend next weekend about them um, uh, about them but that's how we're doing them first because it makes it a little more interesting when we haven't seen any gameplay just on paper our thoughts because if we see Florida look really good next week like a lot of people have been saying they are then we might think uh, to move them up or any team really, if they look really good next week and we might want to move. Well, remember, them
1: up. But... remember when they looked really good in the first weekend on yeah, the uh, cold phase. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, and then obviously we know their cold war season was a pretty up and down, but mostly down season. Uh, but yeah, I have them at nine because I do feel like once again, they were pretty much like the bubble team last year. They finished eighth and they basically just got the playoff spot because they were the best of the worst and they had an- enough of a gap from constantly finishing like, Top six at the majors and getting enough points stacked up to have a lead on the bottom four. And there was a pretty sizable gap. But I do think that the gap at the bottom has closed a lot. I think a lot more teams that were maybe at the bottom, like Surge uh, or maybe LAG or even London, have kind of closed that gap and at least made themselves uh, somewhat more competitive. And I don't know. Florida, I don't know that their roster changes made them any stronger than they were last year. I wasn't wild by them. But apparently they've been playing good at scrim, so maybe they'll prove me wrong. But I have them at nine because. I think their floor is probably higher than, uh, Seattle, Boston and Paris who I've listed below them, but I don't necessarily know that they have a high enough ceiling to get into the playoffs, but I do think they're probably the safest pick of those bottom four that I have. So I put them at nine. You got any objections to that or I'm assuming you have Florida at eight.
1: Yeah. Um, I do. Uh, you know, the reasoning, um, you know when it comes to all these like you like i I guess i could be persuaded to like rearrange my seven through ten really Mm -hmm. um you know just kind of looking like peering down at it right now i'm like yeah i could see you know a musical spots scenario where it's like whatever way the the cookie crumbles for any of these teams could uh you know it might be you know, in in my ideal world it would be, you know, it would come down to like the last few matches that they play. Yeah, like a or, plan like, match almost. Yeah, or it's like, you know, you have you have uh you know you have uh Miles and them at the desk and they're like, Okay, so these are the scenarios for, you know, Search to get in or London to get in and you know, the I don't know, I, I feel like that would really, you know, boost up the viewership of these like lower seated matches if it's a close if it's a close game. Yeah. Um unlike Absolutely. the la- unlike last year where it was like Florida yeah. Florida really just had to like you know they just had Not to like every match. <laughs> they, they just had to exist to mm-hmm. really make it into to champs. Um, but yeah, um I guess uh I don't really have any objections for you putting having mutineers at nine. Um yeah, so I guess if we wanna jump in because I have mutineers at eight, so I can kinda just like offer my two cents on yeah. that. go for it. Um yeah, I just think that uh you know, I think they're gonna be a, a halfway solid team this year. Um if they can just limit the, the peaks and valleys and be more consistent, mm-hmm. I think that um you know should be that should be really good for them, uh instead of you know disappearing off the face of the earth for like a stage or two and then kind of having these streaks where they win like three or four matches in a row um you know i'm not exactly sure if that even happened in cold war if they ever won three or four matches in a row it just kind of feels like you know florida would get relevant for a minute and then they would go away and somehow they they lost every time yeah and and then some (laughs) and somehow they wound up with enough cdl points to to make it through um which really just is an indictment on the bottom four teams, mm-hmm. <laughs> especially like last year. But um, I don't know. I'm I'm a little bit more high on the floor that the Mutineers have.
0: Yeah, I agree 100%. Um,
1: I think, uh, you know, Skies delivers an excellent uh, presence with AR. Uh, obviously, Big Wake, you know, this will be a, a really proven ground year for him. Um, you know, obviously he had a a boom onto the scene in modern warfare. And then he kind of disappeared, uh, considering what people's expectations were in cold war. Um, and then obviously they have vivid now. Uh, I think he could be a game changer for this team. Absolutely. It's, uh, it's just, it's kind of weird. Um, I, I, I guess I'm just a little bit higher on mutineers than, uh, than you might be by, by one spot.
0: Yeah, I honestly, when you like give your reasoning, it's basically like the same thing I'm thinking in my head with a higher floor, but not a super exciting roster, so they're on the like the fringe of that eight. I think we just put them in a different spot, but I think we almost have the same thoughts on them. Uh, it just so happens that I'm very high on at my boy Afro in London, and mm-hmm. uh, you're not, so I think that's just the reason they're one spot lower. I feel like we have the same assessment, just happen to have them in one, one spot different, but I mean... I guess like you said, you're you're eight through like 11. You're pretty interchangeable with or your nine through 11. I'm honestly pretty interchangeable with my seven through 11. Uh, I'm really not all that convinced from like once I hit my top six, I'm pretty convinced those teams are going to be the top six. They're definitely not going to be one team is going to sneak in there that you don't expect that always happens. But I'm pretty convinced that my top six are going to be in the playoffs. It's just from that seven to 11 range. I, I'm pretty confident in Paris at 12, but <laughs> that seven to 11 mm-hmm. range. I'm, I'm really, really, really lost, but I ordered them this way almost by ceiling and floor kind of like where I thought the most consistent teams would be. That's why my eight is LAG. Okay. Uh, I think that the ceiling for London is higher, but I do think the floor for LAG is probably higher than London, but I decided to go with LAG because I wanted to be bold and really double down on my London being uh, pretty good this year. So I went with LAG at eight. I do think that they could make this prediction look stupid because as we know, the roles on this team of almost any team seem to just fit like a puzzle piece, like the true flex in gunless, the true leader in main AR and slasher, uh, your entry just fast paced sub in ASIM and then your support slash slaying sub uh in hook that can roll the map like the roles seem to fit perfectly everything seems to be perfect and poised for this team to really make some noise they're all almost on a revenge year they all felt maybe a little disrespected from last year and maybe feel like they have something to prove seems like everything's in place for them but for some reason you just look at them and you're like there's a reason they all have something to prove maybe they all struggled for a reason we know slasher and gunless relationship in the past has been pretty bad as teammates they won a lot but then they butt heads like there's a lot Of reasons to believe in this team but they also feel like they have the most reasons reasons to not believe in them of the top teams so for that reason just just to be safe i put them a little lower but i feel like they're a team that could make this prediction look stupid and really finish up there it's just a matter of of if they can stay on the same page and keep the team chemistry high but i do think they have a lot of talent which is why i I had to at least put them at eight uh so that way i think they're gonna make the playoffs
1: do you i have a quick question on your lag do you think if we were playing a game that was like a little bit less mixy and more traditional would lag go up in your rankings any bit yeah i think they would
0: i guess i i'd have to really like sit down and think about the teams i have above them but i like initial gut reaction i would say yes because i feel like gunless and slasher thrive in that like that's what world war Two was when they were on that rise team with Looney really like holding on the structure. And then that's when TJ was at his peak. He was an extremely good sub on that team. Like mm-hmm. and Gunless was like the best player in the game. I feel like that game was so structured, slower paced. And that's why they were so good. I, I definitely feel like if this was even more like a Cold War where it's more structured, I feel like this team would be a lot better than they would be in this game
1: interesting that's just like because you were talking about like the pieces of the puzzle fitting so well together and and unfortunately this game
0: it might not matter
1: (laughs) yeah i mean it could it could be where like it's just like a bashing heads go 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 like you know i don't know like as opposed to where like you know teams get set up and it's more traditional where you can like predict spawns easier and Mm -hmm. i don't know just Punish teams like, for
0: pushing the wrong things and not rotating right yeah, yeah i feel like this team would be perfect in a in a more traditional game because they are built a lot like that rice team in world war ii that dominated a traditional game like that but that's that, that's a good point uh i do think they'd move up in the standings but obviously there's no way to tell unless we get this team on a regular game but i i do think they're going to be a very good team this year and i think that they could make this prediction look stupid and be in like the top six plus but I didn't want to put them too high because I also think like they're one of the most volatile teams. Like they have the talent to be right up there and maybe win an event, but also if team chemistry goes wrong and they start having disagreements, you could see them plummeting to the bottom. That's very know. true. But that's why i have them at eight. Are you ready to get to seven? Yeah. This is where I have London. I knew you were probably getting nervous. Okay. So I was going to put them too high, but I put them at seven. I was going to put them at eight, but I I thought why not go a little bolder, not just put them as sneaking into the playoffs, but put them actually firmly in the playoffs. Like I said, I've been talking about a lot. Ceiling, floor. Don't want to harp on it too much, but I got London at seven because I think their ceiling is ridiculous, I think. Uh, We'll get into this maybe a little bit later, but I think Afro could establish himself potentially as one of the better subs in the league, one of the top subs. Uh, Apparently, Nasty's going to be playing flex. I thought this whole time he was going to be a sub, but I guess I heard that he might be playing flex. I didn't know that. Uh, And then I don't know if like zero is the other sub because I believe that Gizmo was an AR. So I don't really know what's going on with the roles in the team, but uh, everybody knows that I'm a pretty big zero fan. I think he brings a lot of intangibles, which is super important. He's always been known to be a really good glue guy for teams. He's always been an extremely good leader. People really respect him and everybody seems to like teaming with him. That's how he still gets a spot in the league after not being able to play at all last year because people love teaming with him and they know he's a good teammate. So I think he's going to be a good piece to help develop all the young players and nasty and gizmo and now they have Harry as a sub if they have to bring him in. Nasty Gizmo, Harry have been like the trio of up and coming EU ams that everybody has been talking about to be the top top guns. And everybody says that EU Challengers is the best and now like arguably the three best EU Challengers players uh, are all on one team. I, I'm I mean obviously one of them is a sub, but then we've got Afro who is the other top up and coming guy. So it's basically all the top EU Challengers players on one team with a veteran leader and Uh, if people are hyping up EU challengers as much as they have over the past couple of years, I got to believe this team's going to be able to make some noise. And I feel like they got to be bringing the passion because a lot of these teams have older players that have been playing forever. And maybe they just don't have that fire. This team might be grinding for unlimited hours a day and they're going to have the passion and uh, I'm super high on Afro. So therefore I got to go all in on this team and I'm, I'm putting them in the playoffs at seven.
1: I like it. Um, I think, they definitely have the. I I agree with the the floor ceiling discussion that we've been kind of bringing along with this. Um, I think that this team definitely does have the potential uh, to be in playoffs. Uh, I'm not gonna fight you too hard on it because yeah. Uh, I think you know I, I think they definitely will have the the teamwork and chemistry uh, to do it, and the passion. Um, but. I don't know it's just kind of what I, my initial thoughts I like mm-hmm. I said I'd, I'd love to be proven wrong on the London front um, but yeah uh, I I don't I, I don't seven is about as high as I would be willing to yeah that's fair. slot them at, at least in this preseason discussion like uh, if we talk after like you know midway through stage one or something and they're looking phenomenal or something, and they've beaten, like, a couple big teams, then maybe we could, like, then maybe, you know, we open up, like, the top six discussion or something, but, like, just yeah. as easily if they're, like, just getting blown out or if they're losing uh, in bad ways, then we would have to look at, like, the bottom four discussion. I just think it's, like, such such a wide range of positions they could find themselves in at the end of the season, um, points-wise, so... um yeah, like I said, not gonna fight you too hard. Uh, I like it.
0: I think the other reason I might be putting them at seven, wanting them at seven, even is because in that first Modern Warfare season, London wasn't really that great, but they're you know able to finish out the year strong, get a top four at champs, and the fans were going crazy. Last year, they literally started the league like they didn't win a match in all of stage one when they sub in Haggy and everything, and the fans were still pretty passionate. Like on Twitter, the London fans are loud. In our comment section, they're loud. They like come out and they support their team, and they've been pretty bad for two years and they've constantly supported them so i think for the league's sake it'd be awesome if london was good because i think their fans are loud we know at events they're like the best fan base they show out the best for events and they are the loudest at those events and they're vocal on social media they seem to be a pretty rabid fan base so i think it'd be very good for the league if london was maybe not like a top team but if they're at least competing for the playoffs and find themselves at champs and like At least a contending team that, you know, could be that dark horse team to make a top four run at a tournament or something. Even if it's not a a run to win a tournament, but they're able to make a top four run and make a Sunday or something at a tournament. I think I think it'd be really good for the league because we know how crazy those fans are. So I'd also like to see it. I'm kind of rooting for London a little bit this year. They're one of my teams that I'm probably going to be rooting for in most matches, I think. All right. Ready to move on to number six, where. Well, I, mean,
1: I don't I get to pick a number seven. You
0: didn't say your number seven, did you?
1: <laughs> no, I, I, I about uh, London. I have the Los Angeles Gorillas. Um kind of what I figured, yeah. Yeah, I just think uh I don't know. It's they're they're starting to turn the page. Um I I agree with what you said about gorillas with they could uh you know they could find themselves having team chemistry and vibes issues uh just as easily as they could find themselves. You know rocking the world and like being a you know a potential top five top six team mm-hmm. uh in people's minds um you know similar to, i i guess my argument for them is very similar as it was just a minute ago with london like i could see them you know being a top five team or i could see them being a bottom four team like it's just such a wide range and we don't really know uh exactly how they play in a competitive sense we don't know how how any of these teams play in a competitive sense yet um so Mm -hmm. this is more just like my gut reactions um i like what they're doing uh they are making content for those who are thirsting for um oh yeah i I did watch some of their content i watched uh you know i watched slasher and gunless use an easy bake oven and i was like (laughs) i I was i I was cracking up i was like this is really good but it only has like a thousand views i'm like Mm -hmm. man like you know for all the people that are like oh we do we want teams to make more content like let's go support like LAG. like they're they're actually like you know their thumbnails are good their editing is good yep. uh you know it's everything that players people... have good
0: personalities too
1: yeah yeah i mean and you know it shows that they're they're not at their they're not at each other's necks in this like content stuff so i i, I don't really buy into the whole thing where it's like gunless and slasher just like innately hate each other like forever mm mm-hmm um but yeah uh maybe maybe the easy bake oven is why i'm putting (laughs) him at seven i don't know but uh i just i i like this team i think it's full of uh potential um and like we've said the narrative of of these all these guys having chips on their shoulders this year uh i think that's enough reason for them to be passionate and grind and uh really put in that extra effort and uh yeah. we've we, we've seen that they're willing to invest in their uh in their personnel as well. Uh and they and they have a really good uh sub on their bench too. I think they signed Spart if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they did. And uh a lot of people are saying that he's like one of the best AM players in the scene right now. Like one of the best NA NAAM players I should say. Yeah. Um and he can so, do it all, both guns. Yeah. So if if Push comes to shove and they do need to make a quick fix or something, or, you know, like we've seen if they're going to lands and, like, somebody pops positive for uh, COVID or something, you know, they could, uh, you know, it seems like he's a really good, like, utility guy to to fill in. So uh, I'm I'm excited about this team. I think, uh, you know, I, I guess I won't be surprised if they finish anywhere, like, from, like, 11 to 5. I could see them going, like, anywhere in that range. Yeah, it's crazy that 11 to 5 seems like such a, a wide range
0: like what are you talking about but it's really true i mean i i don't know like as we've been talking about this i've kind of realized that i think we almost have our tiers made up and i think we almost might agree on them i feel like paris is in their own at 12 and then i think like that 9 through 10 range are kind of like the teams that we feel like are obviously a step above paris and we could see them either fighting for that eight spot or really bottoming out and then i think like london and lag maybe you include Florida in there as well but i think it's more for me it's london and lag are the teams that we could see bottoming out and being right at the bottom but they also have the potential to be like top four at their peak so like it's like it's interesting that there's that tier gap like we have the teams that we think can compete for the eighth spot but could bottom out teams that we think could compete for top four or bottom out and then now we're getting to the sixth spot where i think we kind of agree from six up are the teams that we see as potential event winners and then maybe as we could talk to Uh, towards the top there's like uh, an extra tier but i feel like now we're hitting that six spot where it's like these are the teams that we think could be potential event winners
1: true and this is like this is also where we think people are going to be at the end of the regular season with points so like that's not to say that i don't think like london couldn't pop off and like be really Mm -hmm. good for like a stage and a half but then they could also fade super hard or same with gorillas like they could they could make like a grand final and then like disappear for the rest of the year or something yeah
0: this is not our champ standings yeah exactly like if if you have a team two doesn't mean you think they're gonna finish second they could finish fourth or something and your fourth place team could finish second or maybe even win it like this is just where we think teams are gonna be at the end of the regular season and that's that's a good shout out too because it's definitely a crucial part of these standings right so let's hop into six then all right i've got minnesota here
1: okay Uh, i mean you want you want to talk about minnesota
0: yeah i'm assuming you probably have like thieves here Uh, I do I do yeah that's fair I've wanted to flip-flop them back and forth it's really tough for me because I think Minnesota is a really good team like emphasis on team I think they're they have very good teamwork I think they're gonna come into this year as one of the only teams that actually kept the entire roster and be a very good like cohesive unit but at the same time I think as you start to look at these other top teams talent wise they might be a little behind the others and I think a lot of these other teams like Toronto and Faze and subliners, especially teamwork wise might be just on par with them with the players they have on their roster, uh, especially because Toronto and Faze are also carrying over the same roster. And then, I mean, New York, we've got Cribb and clay. We know how, uh, how their leadership works, but I feel like Minnesota, I think they're going to be consistent enough where they're going to finish a lot of top sixes, top fours consistent enough to, be able to finish in that six spot in regular season points. And then they'll probably have their one run to top three or top two. And maybe, maybe they will win an event. I could see them doing that, but I think they'll have enough consistency in like top fours, maybe a top two or three, like I said, to get enough points to finish around that six spot. But I feel like they're going to be the definition of like the middle of the CDL. Like they're far good enough to consistently beat the teams we have below them, like Florida surge, Boston Legion. They're not going to slip up and lose to many of those teams but they might really struggle to beat the top, top teams. And then every once in a while, they'll get their upset on those top teams and they'll make a little bit of a run. But I just don't see them being much more than the team that always beats everyone below them and then struggles a little bit against the teams above them. Almost like OpTic from last year. That's what OpTic was, really. They wouldn't lose to the bad teams, but they just couldn't get over the hump and beat the good teams. And I feel like that's where Minnesota might be this year, and it's going to be good enough to keep them at six and good enough to always keep them in that hunt that we believe they can win, but I don't know that they'll ever get over that hump and cross into the top four.
2: Yeah, that's uh
1: yeah, I think that's a you know fair assessment. Um I don't know, I'm a little bit more high on Rocker by one spot. Um Yeah, we know they're your team. You but, coined it last week. Exactly. Um but anyway with uh with my pick uh Los Angeles Thieves, um I I just think they're gonna do they're gonna do enough, they're gonna be consistent enough um to to find themselves uh you know sixth in sixth overall in CDL points. Um, because really Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, like I said, like that's what it is. It's like um I'm kind of banking on them not disappearing too hard. Um But do I do I think they're gonna make a run and like win a major? I'm not exactly sure. Uh I'd be a little bit more hard pressed to say like yes, I think they like definitely have potential to win a major. Uh at least at this point. Um I don't know. There's the whole like online octane deal. Uh, Is he going to be, like, catastrophically down bad if they, like, start losing online or something? Because, obviously, with these, like, qualification matches and everything. uh, But at the same time, uh, you know, I think their team is probably the best it's been in two years. Um, Yeah. You know, they have Envoy, Octane, Kenny, Draza. I don't see a weak link in that team. uh, Especially if they're all clicking and... You know, obviously they have a they have a great uh support staff around them. Uh, you know, mud Dog J Cap. Uh I'm not sure if Enable is you know on anywhere near the competitive team at all, but you know, they have him and stuff. Um I I'm really high on this team in the sense that like I really want them to do well, but at the end of the day, like end of regular season, I think they're gonna slot in very nicely in like that sixth spot. So that's where i have them
0: yeah i'd i have them at five so we just like flipped minnesota and thieves
1: all right let's jump into five then
0: i don't like i don't actually have that much to say about thieves you summed up pretty well my thoughts on them i think they're the same way as i said with minnesota they're going to be able to consistently beat the teams below them maybe struggle to beat the top teams however i think they're ceiling. beat those top teams because I think their talent levels may be a little higher than Minnesota so I think their ceiling to potentially beat those top teams is a little higher Uh, so that's why I put them above Minnesota. I think they're roughly the same but I like the chances of Thieves to be a top team a little more because I think they have more premium players. Uh, I'll take Octane over Major Maniac in terms of ceiling and then with the subs I do think Standy probably is the best sub between the two teams but I also like uh, Envoy Draza I think has a high 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 ceiling and then Priest on Kenny, man, two true good flexes, but you know, I'm going to go for Kenny on that one. I just feel like talent-wise, there's a slight edge I give to Thieves, which is why I'll put them ahead of them, but I think they're pretty much the same team in my eyes. They're both teams that are in the middle. They're going to beat the teams below them, struggle against the teams above them, and they're like in a tier of their own, kind of in the 5-6, and ceiling-wise, I just like Thieves, so I put them 5, swapped it. That's I, I pretty much agree with your assessment on them, though
1: yeah maybe i'm drinking the the my rocker kool-aid too much um especially just like the the warm and fuzzy feelings they left me with at the end of last season (laughs) yeah uh but yeah i mean anytime your team uh they are my team uh when a major uh in front of a live audience crowd uh it's just an incredible feeling uh um so anyway um yeah i just yeah i'm still i'm kind of tempering my expectations though i definitely um you know i i could be persuaded to you know flip flop 5 6 um not that i think it's going to come down to like a head head to head matchup versus thieves and rocker um i just think that the uh, that uh that rocker have the potential to make maybe like one more win or one more push um when it comes to like their teamwork and You know what we've seen in the past that they're they're a proven squad um so i i could see them maybe like late season being like seventh and then making the push up to five like leapfrogging Mm -hmm. gorillas and thieves or something yeah um at the same time i could see them starting out strong and finishing strong and being like a really a really good like four to five team um But at the end of the day, I I just think that, uh, you know, I, at least preseason ranking them where I think they're going to finish. I think five is a reasonable expectation. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, You know, I, I don't know. I guess I'm just, uh, I guess I'm a little bit more bullish on these other teams to be like powerhouse point getters. Um, not to say that I think like, I don't know. Um. Yeah, I'll I'll just leave it at that, I guess.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think the four teams that we're both, we both have the same four teams, maybe not in the same order, but we have the same top four teams. I think we probably would both agree that those top four teams, I think, are going to consistently finish higher in tournaments. Maybe they're not going to finish ahead of Minnesota in every tournament, but they're probably consistently going to be in more finals and more top threes, which is just going to accumulate more points. And that's what this list is. It's regular season standings, so who accumulates the most points? and Think we think that these top four teams are going to finish just ahead of Thieves in Minnesota and more events than not, which is where you're going to accrue the most points. So, uh, I would think that we have the same number four team, but we'll see. Who do you have it for? I have the New
1: York Subliners. I have Ultra. Okay. Um. So I'll just go ahead with uh with Subliners, I guess. Um, this
0: is shocking. I thought you'd have Subliners higher than me. Yeah, I I
1: don't know. I'm I'm kind of like. Eh, yeah like, picked the them in, that, in
0: our way 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 early predictions. I think you picked them to win champs when we were saying phases off limits,
1: yeah I mean that's that's potentially uh I just think with like you know where they're gonna slot in going into champs, I think they're gonna mm-hmm. fall outside of those like um you know they're gonna fall on like the four four ish area um I think they'll they'll probably be clear of you know the five six teams by you know. A couple matches worth of points. Um, I think this is really where the the next tier starts. Um, in my eyes, I guess. Um, we can kind of retroactively debate that, but uh, yeah, Subliners. Um, I don't know. I'm not, I don't really, I don't really know what to make of them. All I know is that they have a really good team. Um, Like, I can't point to one player on the team and be like, oh, yeah, that's going to be the deciding factor on, you know, if they win or not, or if they're successful or not. I think it really comes down to all four players, um, you know, gelling together well, you know, Mm -hmm. as important as Hydra is to the SMG, I think Neptune is just as important. Um, He's going to have to, you know, be better than he was last year and, you know, he was pretty good last year, but he's going to have to be even better if if they're going to be a top-four team. Uh, I think Clay and Krim, you know, they're going to have to do everything that that they've, you know, historically done. Um, And then they're also going to have to, you know, take into account, you know, that they have a young SMG duo ahead of them. Like, they're going to have to, you know, continue to teach them the right ways to play, and especially with, like, this game being as, like, You know, we've heard it mixy as it is. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, it's not, in a sense, a traditional Call of Duty. I mean, it is boots on the ground, but, like, the whole spawns, and, like, we still don't have a third game mode. Uh, So, I don't know, just, like, taking some, like, other things into account, I just think that this is where New York should slap in.
0: Yeah, I don't disagree with that. The only reason I have Toronto here is because... I think we're honestly splitting hairs between these top four teams. I think these top four teams are all legitimate title and champs contenders. It's just honestly comes down to your gut feeling, really, in my opinion. I think all four of these teams I think, I mean, spoiler alert, but I think face has to be your one going into the year. Uh, And then I think your two through four are your debatable ones. And I think between the three teams it's pretty much you can throw them wherever you want and make your decision. It's no like really clear, like when you hear I have ultra at four and I hear you have subliners at four, I don't think either of us can be like, what, like, what are you talking about? It's pretty, pretty much just a toss up between these three teams, two through four. And I mean, I don't know, unless you're going really bold and putting somebody else at one. I think this, this two through four is pretty much just a mix. And for some reason, my gut's telling me that ultra maybe after last year and all the second places might be a little upset. Maybe they'll start a little slow. We're hearing they're maybe not scrimming. Maybe that's going to cause them to start slow. So I don't know. For that reason, I just have some weird feeling about Ultra this year that they're maybe going to struggle a little bit. And by struggle, I mean not finish second in like every event like they did last year. And then I'll cause them to be four. But I think they're going to be super consistent finishing top four, at least at most tournaments, which is going to slot them in at the fourth spot. I still feel very confident this team is going to be uh, a title contender in every major. I don't see that changing unless something crazy happens. So that's why I got them at four. I just think they're the team that scares me the most and has the most questions. So I've got them.
2: At the four spot. All right, you ready to jump to number three?
1: Three, yep. I
2: have optic here.
1: Okay, I have ultra.
0: Okay, I figured you'd have ultra here, but
1: uh, I'll jump into optic
0: first because we've—I mean, we've touched on ultra, but we haven't touched on optic at all yet. Uh, I've got them here because, well, I mean, I think we both have, or at least I have—I've already revealed I have phase at one, so I, I clearly have New York at two. That means. And I'll just talk about like the comparison in them, and then just kill two birds with one stone there, so we can move on to our other predictions. Um, but I've got New York two and Optic three because I think if we've seen one thing, it's that Optic is inconsistent, especially in the regular season. Uh, I believe that now makes, if I look at the the old standings, yeah, Optic finished fourth last year in points, and in the 2020 season, Modern Warfare Huntsman finished fourth. They finished fourth. Uh, both years. I think this is probably the best team they've had, so that's why I bumped them up one spot to three, but they get bored. During the season, they seem to get bored, Uh, and I think that's going to cost them this year. They might lose a couple matches they're not supposed to, and I think a team like New York with Krim and Clay is going to always be in it and more focused, win a couple more of the matches they're supposed to, finish maybe ahead of them. I think the thing for New York is I see them being more consistent, but I see Uh, optic having higher highs but i think that consistency in terms of regular season points will win out higher for new york like when you look at uh, dallas's finishes in the regular season in modern warfare they finished second i mean you would think that dallas finished way below toronto right well no they actually finished
2: 15 points behind them in third in the regular Season season standings and that's second. Yeah, very. You know,
1: that's a interesting stat on you know the old empire only being fifteen points off of. Ultra. Yeah, when I saw it, I was shocked. Yeah, I guess I kind of forgot about that. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, for me, Ultra 3. Um, I don't know. I'm just kind of, like you said, we're splitting hairs when it comes to this. It's uh, There's
0: really not a wrong answer, in my opinion.
1: Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm just, I guess I'm still kind of in that, like, Toronto doubter camp when it comes to, like, you know, them really being, like, a. I guess this is so weird to say, like a top two team. <laughs> like we're, we're. It's not. It's not like we're talking about them being like a borderline playoff team. Like this. These no, are like this is like you the, believe they're are, a championship contender. Yeah, this is like trying to find the, an excuse to have them at three. <laughs> right. This is the cream rising to the top here with these yeah. teams. Um. So yeah, I mean, I don't really have a great justification for why I have Ultra at three. It's just more of like my gut feeling. Um. There's no scientific method over here. Uh, with my predictions, it's more just like, eh, what do I feel like? Uh, I think Ultra is going to be 3. Um, and then coincidentally, uh, I flipped to Optic at 2. Um, you know, how many times are we going to say this is Optic's year? Um, I don't know. Maybe this is the year where like they finally like get a little bit less bored during the middle of the year. Or like they maintain just a little bit extra focus uh, You know, we did see, you know, when Optic, um, you know, I guess, I guess this is like an entirely new Optic team though. Like they're taking the best, the best of, uh, you know, the, the Optic team and the best of the Dallas team and really just like merging it together. Uh, I guess that's debatable if you want to say it's the best, but, um, yeah, I, I'm just more high on Optic being, uh. You know, maybe having a couple, like, one or two more match wins than Ultra here. Um, Again, if you were to ask me tomorrow, I might flip Ultra Optic in New York around. um, As far as where they're going to finish at the end of the regular season. Um, I don't know. Today I'm feeling a little bit more optimistic about Optic. Uh, But, yeah, I don't know
0: yeah i mean like you said when we get to this point of these teams it's just like a gut feeling it's kind of hard to explain why you have that feeling because it, it could be more data driven if we had seen these teams play but we're doing our way too early predictions and our early predictions for a reason like we don't have any of the data it's just honestly gut feelings when you get to these top level teams and i don't really think there's a wrong answer between new york optic and ultra i think you can slot them in anywhere between two through four for any of the teams and I wouldn't be like, "What are you doing?" I I, I think any of them are valid, um, but I mean, we can move on to our our number one team, unless you have somebody different at two.
1: No, I said that. Yeah, I said I had optic. Yeah. Two, so,
0: and then we've got phase at one. I mean, we don't have too much. I don't at least have too much to say about them. I think it's. I could see a world where maybe optic is really hot all year, or New York or Ultra, one of those teams is really hot all year, and somehow maybe takes over phase a spot. It's not like completely unfathomable, but. It's pretty hard not to have phase at one. They were absolutely dominant last year. They lost like what? They had like 30 something wins and seven losses in terms of matches. Something crazy. Uh, seven losses over the course of a year is just absurd to think about. They, I mean, they had like a four or five to one win loss ratio in series. They're just a ridiculously good team. Their skill ceiling is the highest of all the teams in the league. Their teamwork is impeccable doesn't seem like they have any chemistry issues. They have a great coaching and analytics staff. Like everything about them seems to be just perfect. They have a good organization backing them. Don't see a world where they don't finish one in the regular season standings, at least. I mean, if they finish anything lower than two, I'd be absolutely shocked. Um, the ceiling floor discussion doesn't have to be discussed. They have the highest floor and probably the highest ceiling as well. I mean, they're the defending champs for a reason. I don't, I don't really see an argument to not have them at one going into the season.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like you said, um, I d- I just don't see a world where, uh, you know, FaZe won't, you know, just win that many more matches to, you know, fall into the number one seed going into champs. Yeah, like um, where other
0: teams might have struggles, I think they're just going to be so consistent.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, and you know, this is kind of funny because like they're our number one team, and we probably have like the least like glowing things to say. But it's just like this is the FaZe dynasty that we were, you know, promised with like what our cities wants and clearly yeah. what the rest the other three of the players want they want to be considered one of the greatest teams of all time and i think they're you know well on the way to doing that um Mm -hmm. you could argue that they already have done that just by their cold war performance alone um i think i definitely think there's an argument to be made like especially when we look back on like the cole dynasty and stuff like they only lasted for like a game and a half or so like as a as a you know cohesive unit or something like when it comes down to like a time frame so you know really all phase has to do is like last an entire another title and then they could you know argue that they're one of the greatest dynasties of all time yeah
2: yeah
0: i fully agree with that i mean i don't have much else to say about phase if we just want a quick run just list out our list each of us and then go on to our next part i'm i'm good with that
1: yeah so why you run through yours first
0: all right top to bottom I'm going for regular season standings, Faze, New York, Optic Chicago, Toronto Ultra, LA Thieves, Minnesota Rocker, London Royal Ravens, Los Angeles Gorillas, Florida Mutineers, Seattle Surge, Boston, Breach, and Paris Legion.
1: And for mine, I'm going Atlanta Faze, Optic Texas, Toronto Ultra, New York Subliners, Minnesota Rocker, Los Angeles Thieves, Los Angeles Gorillas, Florida Mutineers, Seattle Surge, the London Royal Ravens, Boston Breach, and the Paris Legion.
0: (laughs) Oh, Paris, always starting at 12. All right. Now we're going to move into our individual player predictions. Like I mentioned in kind of the opening, we got five individual awards. I guess one of them is the team we think is going to win champs, but kind of like, I guess technically they're not going to name like a comeback player of the year, and they didn't even name a rookie of the year this year so who knows if they're actually gonna do that but we're gonna do it anyways and you can kind of judge i mean usually it's pretty obvious who the rookie of the year would be and uh, like you can kind of like judge a couple maybe comeback players of the year but i think we're going for maybe like the least sought after awards towards the top we'll start with uh, start with comeback player of the year kind of an interesting one because there can be a lot of different criteria you can use to define this where rookie of the year and mvp are more clear Rookie of the year pretty much obviously goes to the most impactful rookie, MVP going to the most impactful or best player. Those are pretty obvious. Comeback players are a little different. It could be a player that was in the league and is going to step up big time uh, like a veteran or maybe somebody that had a down year last year and they're going to bounce back big time. I listed a couple honorable mentions of players that were in my thoughts and then I have my comeback player of the year. Uh, so for me, my comeback player of the year I listed is zero. Obviously, I'm pretty high on London. As I said, I put them in the playoffs when I don't think a lot of people probably are. And I think a catalyst of that is going to be zero having, maybe not like a insane year where he's a top player, but I think he's going to be a consistent, steady player. That is the reason that they're in a lot of series and maybe win or keep a lot of series competitive is because he's like the staple and glue of their team. And I think that's going to earn him a comeback player of the year spot. I have some honorable mentions, but I want to see who you have first before I mention them.
2: Yeah.
1: So my, uh, Comeback player of the year is a guy that, um, you know, I'm a little bit more high on their team. Uh, you know, he really kind of had a shaky cold war year. Um, there was a lot of negativity on his name, uh, you know, for a while. Um, but that, that would be none other than, uh, hook Kyler Garland. Okay. I actually thought
0: you were going to say Priesta for a second.
1: No, I I don't know if, I mean, yeah, I, I don't know if Priest are really, to me, he didn't really fall into that category of like... I mean, yeah, he won an event. Yeah, and I don't know, I mean, that would be more along the lines of like MVP for me, like if he was to like come out and have like a, a year like that. But anyway, like Hook, I think, uh, you know, if this team, if this uh, Gorillaz team is going to, um, you know, be as good as we think they could be... Uh, I think that Hook's really going to have to, um, you know, shake off the dust and really, you know, be the guy that we saw in stage one of Cold War, like just the absolute menace on the map, uh, a mm-hmm. slaying machine. Um, And obviously, you know, he had his fair share of like in and out of game struggles with uh, with, uh, you know, last year and even like some of that dated back to like the modern warfare year as well um clearly has been through been through a lot um and i would just you know i maybe this is just me more like rooting for the guy um but I, I i would really like to see hook do something
0: yeah i think that's a 100% fair pick uh he was i listed three honorable mentions hook was my number one honorable mention he was definitely in my consideration for comeback player of the year uh obviously with a pretty down year last year and poised to make a good comeback. I had Neptune as well, which I think is a little bit of a different one because he didn't have a bad le- year last year, but I think he was lower than a lot of people expected him to be. Like People thought he was going to come in and be the next seat coming from Halo, and he definitely wasn't that, but he was a solid player. But I really think he could ascend to a top tier sub this year if New York has the year that we think they could have. Uh, and then I had Accuracy as well. I feel like last year he gets benched, doesn't have a great year, but you know, on Seattle Surge with this young talent around them, if they're able to propel and compete for an eight spot, you could make an argument that if Accuracy is still on the team and doesn't get benched for a challenger's player, uh, you can make the argument that Accuracy would probably deserve that comeback Player of the Year. If Surge are a pretty competitive team and he has those those guys kind of rounding into form and playing some good fundamental Call of Duty, so those are just some of the guys I thought were kind of in the running as well. Just so we have a little bit more of a picture. You have any honorable mentions you want to mention before we move to Rookie of the Year?
1: I mean. Would it be too crazy to say, like, Octane for Comeback Player of the Year?
0: That You see, that's an interesting one, because, like, individual stats-wise, I think it wouldn't be that justifiable, because he put up good stats, but in terms of team success, his team was obviously horrible. So... I mean, his his team was
1: laughable for two years. Yeah,
0: that's what I'm saying. Like, if you're talking purely team success, if Thieves are a top team, then yeah, but... Stats wise, it's maybe a little tough because his stats were good both years. Right?
1: Yeah, true. Individually,
0: true. so it honestly comes down to what your criteria is, and there's no established criteria really for it. So, I mean, I can see the argument for it. I just went, i think the hook one's good because of how down of a year he had individually and team wise. Both were poor for him, and then zero for mine. I mean, he didn't even play in the league last year, and yeah, he's I really I, back.
1: So I, yeah, like I said, like when we were doing our. 12 through 1 rundown, I was saying like zero, like on a year long hiatus, like back in the pro league. Like, I think that's a monumental, you know, stepping stone over like task to overcome for him as well. I I really like that. He has a solid year. Yeah. And he's
0: got all the pieces Um, around him.
1: All right. Rookie of the year. My rookie of the year is the one, you know, I think it's the, uh, it's pretty. I don't know, not not to say universal pick, but uh, I think it's definitely a popular pick. I'm going with Pred from the APAC region coming in, playing on Seattle Surge. Okay,
0: I went with Nasty. It's kind of weird. I didn't intentionally go with two London guys to keep that trend going, but I think Nasty and Pred are the two trendy picks. That's what everybody's pretty much picking. It's they're like splitting between those two. Interesting that neither of us pick Sib. In my opinion, though, because man. These last two years in Challengers, people have been hyping up Sib. They were like, if this dude didn't have some attitude issues, he'd have been in the league right away when he turned 18 because he's just insane. That's like what everybody says about him. So it's so weird that like nobody seems to be picking him. Like Everybody I hear talking about this kind of stuff is picking either Nasty or Pred pretty much exclusively. So interesting that neither of us have Sib, but I just went with Nasty because the way people talk about him, it seems like he has a potential to be the best player on his team in year one and really carry that London squad. And I don't have any problem with your pred pick either because same way people talk about Pred that he could carry that Seattle squad to a playoff spot. So I didn't really make any honorable mentions for this because there's not that many rookies, and I feel like we all know who the people in contention are. It's nasty, it's pred, it's Sib. Uh maybe Gizmo, you never know. Uh I can't really think of too many other rookies that are in the yeah. league. I guess Dave Pady is one. Yeah. So like but I feel like the top three everybody talks about are Sib, Pred, and Nasty. Would you agree with that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could even, I mean, other guys like Nero, Capsedal, uh Vort, uh, Gizmo. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just kind of looking down the the roster here. Um, yeah, I mean, those are really. I mean, it's not a huge year for rookies, so I really think that you know the list is pretty short on, of that list uh, of rookies. So, yeah, I have no, I have no qualms with that.
0: Yeah, I mean. Uh, the rookie of the year one is always a little bit less of a debate because there's just, I mean, obviously, like comeback player of the year, there's a lot of options. MVP, obviously, everybody in the league is technically up for debate. Rookie of the year, there's obviously a lot less selections. Yeah, I mean,
1: it's going to so. be pretty clear, like you know, half, like, at least, you know, less than halfway through the year, who the contenders and, are for ROI. So hey, and don't sleep
0: on. I mean, our top two contenders for rookie of the year last year were not starters to start the year in Insight and Standy. Don't sleep on guys like Harry getting picked up by london if he gets subbed in who knows he could go off It's what insight did last year don't sleep on a guy like yeez in florida if he gets yeez. subbed in he could potentially be a rookie of the year candidate i mean it sounds crazy to say now but i mean there's no doubt that the top two rookie of the year candidates last year were players that weren't on teams to start yeah. the year In standing insight and even a guy like afro who comes in he wasn't a rookie of the year contender because of how much more the other two did but one of the top rookies he wasn't a starter to start the year so mm-hmm. definitely not a shoe in that the rookie of the year will be a uh, current starter but on to MVP. Yeah,
1: who do you have? I have MC. Okay. I like that one. For the for those who don't know, that's uh Stallion. Yep. You know, I his, like that one. His friends call him MC, so you know I, <laughs> I like to consider myself a, a friend. No, I'm Most kidding. Friend. Um but yeah you know, I that goes along with my picking phase to to win the regular season. Um it kind of got boring okay. picking abezi so I was like uh eh, you know this game's a little, this game's kind of like ratty, mixy. Who do we know that's ratty and mixy? That would be Selium. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to argue with you if you have Selium.
0: Uh, I listed a few honorable mentions. He's obviously one of them. I didn't have him as MVP. You know, based on my regular season standings, I had this team at two. So I went with an MVP from that team. I went with Hydra. Uh, I know mm-hmm. everybody's probably expecting me to go with Cami, but I don't know. I have this weird taste in my mouth for Ultra with all the talks about them not scrimming and maybe chemistry issues and who knows if any of that's true, but something just doesn't feel right about ultra. I don't know what they're going to finish as high in the standings. I mean, I still said they're going to finish four. I think they're going to be up there. I think they're going to be a very good team, but something doesn't sit right with me about Toronto. And I think New York's going to have a really good regular season. And if that's the case, I think it's going to be because crim clay and Neptune are doing everything they can to set up hydra, to put up huge numbers and really be the star of the team. So I'm going with Hydra as the MVP. I think it's a little bit of an out there pick. I think most people are going to be picking people on phase. The reason I didn't is because I think voter fatigue might set in kind of like it does in like the NBA with LeBron not winning MVP like every year when he was in his prime because same thing with Jordan not winning MVP every year when he was in his prime because voter fatigue kind of sets in. It's like this dude's the best again kind of might set in with those phase (laughs) guys like Simp Abisi and Selium are the best again and people might just get bored and want a new MVP since Simp won it last year and I think Then you go look and you see, Hey, Hydra on probably a top, I would say at least four team, and he might be the clear star of the team. So I'm going with him as
2: MVP.
1: Yeah. I I like that. That's a, it's kind of an out there pick. I mean, considering like what the, what the mean voter might choose. Um, But yeah, I, I I don't know. That's kind of, that's interesting. I, i don't know i mean i guess we'll we'll see you know fairly early on if hydra's you know living up to this like superstar yeah with uh with how nysl is playing and
0: performing i mean so. i wanted to go bold because i feel like yeah like simpabeezy Selim, i they're obviously fantastic picks but i feel like you could say shotzi uh and you could probably say Cami for ultra i mean i feel like the mvp is most likely to come from phase optic toronto or new york our teams that we believe are going to be top four and when i looked at it i'm like i think scum might have a big year maybe take the stats from shotzi a little bit so they don't get the votes phase is easy uh cammy's the only guy and i think ultra is going to struggle more than new york so it came down to i think hydra's gonna be the star and i think his numbers might be absurd so I have them there. My honorable mentions, I said Cammie. Obviously, you guys know I'm super high on Cammie. I said the Phase Trio, Simba Beasy selling them. I think they're all obviously honorable mentions. I kind of just put them as a package deal. And then I said Kenny. If LA Thieves is up there, you know, I'm a Kenny Stan. And I think if LA Thieves is up there, he's going to be the catalyst for it. Kind of the do-it-all guy. And then at a random one I put in there, I said, if London does as good as I think they're going to do, I think Afro is going to be their MVP. But I don't really think Kenny and Afro are way up there. Just if their teams surprise everyone, I think they're going to be the reasons why uh to give them a shout out but i'm going hydra my main honorable mentions being Cami and then the phase trio all right who's your champs did you go different than atlanta
1: mm, i so i'll tell you exactly what i did i i wrote down phase and then i crossed him out and then i put wrote rocker and then i crossed him out and then i wrote phase again <laughs> yeah i wrote phase and didn't change it yeah um yeah i i kind of like had a second thought i was like am i abandoning my team if i say that it phases <laughs> um, hey, but if you said rocker and it's right you're gonna come back on this it's gonna be a viral clip and you're gonna look like a genius yeah exactly but uh yeah i think it's it's boring it's phase it's you know they're and and they're the best team until proven wrong
2: mm-hmm.
1: um i don't know not not too much else to say It's it's very hard when a team like FaZe pretty much
0: wire to wire was the best team in the game last year. They dominated at champs. They win it all. We went into last year thinking they were the best team. We didn't really ever think maybe at one point we maybe thought Ultra was better when FaZe was like struggling for like a week last year and Ultra was at their peak. Maybe, but pretty much wire to wire from before the season started to the end of the season. We thought and knew that FaZe was the best team. They always proved us right. They won champs. They won, what, two or three majors of the 5 3 uh, yeah 3 of the 5 majors plus champs so for the 6 events they won regular season everything they were dominant got to believe they're going to do that again I'm not like 100% confident phase will win champs like I can see you know Optic Toronto New York even maybe your Rocker or Thieves maybe the long shot LAG potentially sneaking up in there and having a chance to win it but I don't see how I can't have Phase as the favorite so I went with them as well then for my champs MVP I went with Celium okay. uh, I think voter fatigue is going to set in again. I think Simp and Abizzi, Abizzi won the champs MVP last year. Uh, Simp obviously won the regular season MVP last year. Selium hasn't really gotten his recognition yet. Arcades, unfortunately for him, probably won't ever get that recognition because he has all these crackheads running in front of him, getting all the stats while well, he just uh, directs the troops, hold down uh, the lines of sight. You know, He does everything that you need, and he's a large reason why they win games. The problem is his stats don't necessarily show and a lot of MVPs and stuff go based on your stats. Uh and he's not going to put up the insane numbers that the other guys are going to, so I don't think he's going to be able to win it. But Celium I think is going to put up some nuts numbers. I think you can make an argument. I'm in a busy stan and I think you could have make an argument that Celium should have won MVP at last year's champs with the insane numbers he put up. Uh so I think he'll get his nod this year if Faze is able to win it.
1: Yeah, that's that's fair. I I like I like selling him for that as well. Um, I went different. I said Ibisee's uh, going to be the two-time champs MVP back to back, back. To back uh, like Doctor Disrespect, <laughs> uh, the, the two-time um, blockbuster champ. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, I was back and forth between pretty much all four of the phase guys. Um, like you said, unfortunately, is like it's it's kind of driven by. Like you said, like by numbers and you know, raw like screen time performance. Um and just unfortunately that, that falls uh largely on the 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 SMGs. Um so I was like, oh should I pick simp or a BZ? And I was like, yeah, I I'll go with the B Z. Um I don't know, I, I feel like he Yeah, you know, got feeling he might just have uh you know that magic like game or two in the champs grand final or something that propels him uh you know over the line versus simp or versus selling um when it comes to to being crowned champs mvp yeah i mean
0: i don't really think there's an argument if we're both picking phase i just really don't think there's an argument you can make that's like would be even if you said Archies, i don't think there's really like it's not absurd to pick any of them they're all so damn good that it's really not shocking who wins champs mvp at all uh now that we're through that though you ready to get into our last segment of the episode and give our bold predictions let's do it all right so we each made five bold predictions there wasn't really a parameter for what it was because i mean you can't really put an exact measurement on what you consider bold but we said you can make it as outlandish as you want but obviously you have to at least somewhat believe it has a possibility of happening uh this isn't like we're 100 percent guaranteeing it happens but it's like something that's you know bold that we think could happen uh and it could be anything like i I told kyle when i envisioned this it was like anything from format predictions to a team prediction to a player prediction anything related to the call of duty league uh and just kind of want to list them out and maybe go back in the middle of the season or at the end of the season and see how close or how absolutely stupid we sound with these predictions but you want to kick off your first prediction or have me go first
1: no i'll I'll go ahead i'll leave off um I said that the Minnesota rocker will win the battle of the North.
0: Okay. Like um, season series wise or something. Oh
1: so, yeah. So, I mean, this is just like, you know, it's kind of this like storyline that, uh, the CDL kind of thrust upon the fan <laughs> base at the begin- beginning of the modern warfare season. They're like, Oh, the rocker versus ultra is the battle of the North. And, um, you yeah. know, at first it really didn't stick. And people were like, you yeah, uh, know, this is kind of some like false narrative, like, um, whatever like we're not too invested and then all of a sudden you know it kind of gained some traction uh throughout the latter stages of modern warfare and then into cold war obviously with uh you know those two teams being like two of the you know top six super mega river sweep yeah and obviously (laughs) uh obviously ultra was like you know one of the best teams in cold war um and they did meet a fair share of times i don't really i don't i regret to say i didn't look up what the the win-loss that's what they have so far um but you know i thought it was just kind of a fun one um you know obviously we can predict that they'll probably meet a uh you know three four five times at least in in this coming title uh so i i would like to say that uh the minnesota rocker will win the the season long the season long battle of the north
0: i like that one a lot that's like Something that didn't cross my mind, but that's a good bold prediction because it's not like way too out there, but it's definitely like, I'd say coming to this year, they're definitely considered the underdog in that battle because I think more people are higher on ultra than they're on Minnesota, so I like that one. Um, My first one, I want to get them out of the way since I've talked so highly of London, I had to do a bold prediction for them. Uh, I said, Afro will establish himself as an MVP candidate and lead the Royal Ravens to the playoffs. I feel like that's pretty bold because I don't like, I mean, you had them at what, 10 in your regular season standings? I don't think many people had them as a playoff team. So I think it's pretty bold to say Afro. I'm not saying he's going to win MVP, but I think he's going to establish himself as a legit MVP candidate and lead the Royal Ravens to the playoffs. I like Uh, that. I don't, I mean, I don't know that that means they're going to finish much more than top eight at said playoffs, but I think, I think an overachieving season for London would be making playoffs and having an MVP candidate would be a pretty, pretty bold step for them. So I have that as my first prediction. All right. Number two, you got anything to say about afro or you want to move to number two
1: no i think that like you said if if, uh if london do what we think that they can do obviously afro will be a large 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 part of that and uh you know establishing himself as like a top tier smg uh you (laughs) know maybe maybe it's just like maybe me being a little bit less high on london is just like this narrative we've been fed all all off season where it's like you know, Afro's going to be this crackhead superstar. London's going to be, you know, way better than everybody's predicting. So like, we've heard that for mm-hmm. so, so, so long now. And the off season has just been so boring that it's just been kind of like pounded into my head. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. know like whatever, 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 <laughs> you know? So maybe I'm just getting a little bit like frustrated with that narrative. Yeah. And and like I said, uh, multiple times, I'm not, I don't have anything against London. I really want to be proven wrong on that. So um, yeah, my, yeah.
0: To be honest with you, my initial prediction that I started to write down and then I deleted was I was going to say he'll establish himself as a top five sub, which I mean, if he's an MVP candidate, he's most likely a top five sub anyways, but then I really thought about the subs in the league and I'm like, that means he has to beat out one of Simp, Abizzi, Shotzi, uh, Kleenex, Neptune, Hydra, Hook, uh, Scump, Envoy, uh, like there's a lot of guys he's got to beat out to get yep. to that five spot. So I was like, I don't want to say he's top five, but uh, I'll say establish himself as an MVP candidate because he might be the best player on a playoff team, which should at least get you into somewhat of the conversation, you would think. So that's that's what I'm saying with that one. Because, I mean, there is a lot of sub talent in the league. Uh, second bowl prediction, though. I'll go first on this one. Right. I think this one is a little bit weird, but I, I think it's got a decent chance to happen based on this team's history. I said Toronto Ultra will sub in Hixie this season. Hmm. I think... You want to elaborate? yeah i mean i think we've heard like i've mentioned it a few times now so i don't want to harp on that too much but we've heard on the optic podcast they potentially haven't been really scrimming a lot we heard whether it was all bait like it could easily have been but this offseason it seemed like they were like talking about bands maybe being benched and like a roster move and i think it might have been bait but it'd be odd for that to just all be baited just be a weird thing to do uh like on social media and it seems like I don't know something just doesn't seem right since they lost it seems like something is just weird and I don't know I just have this weird vibe around Toronto and I could be completely wrong maybe everything is just completely sunshine and roses and they're good over there but we know they're not shy to do it even last year methods was statistically their best performing player at the time that he was subbed out uh, I'm not fully sure what role Hicksy plays I believe he can play both sub and AR and I think he I uh, can play a sub. I could see them maybe subbing up Bantz and just saying, you know what? Hixie I believe, has history playing with Insight and Challengers and stuff. Um, so maybe they just fully go out and say, we're going with the young team. Kleenex, Cami, Hixie, and Insight. And we're just going to try to fry people in match phase. And I don't know. Maybe he will only get subbed in for a couple matches and they'll realize, yeah, we like Bantz more and they'll sub him back out. And maybe they don't sub him in for Bantz. Maybe it's somebody else they sub him in for. Who knows? But it seems like Bance would be the odd guy out since the other three are the young guys. Maybe they'd want another young guy in with them. Kind of like the Seattle situation with accuracy, maybe. But I don't know. I think at some point Hicksie has a chance to be subbed in this season.
1: Yeah, like you said, this is uh bold. Like we don't really know the inner mechanisms of uh you know, of this Toronto team yet. We don't like all this is like stuff could be bait. It's like unconfirmed largely with mm-hmm. like just speculative, really. All Kleenex was reportedly shopping around for another team. Vance mm-hmm. was like, Oh, they're gonna bench me, uh, you know, because I flew home for Thanksgiving or something. Um, just weird, weird things. Uh, but yeah, uh, I don't think it's outlandish to say mm-hmm. that Hixie could be subbed in. Um, yeah. I don't know. I mean we saw that they were quick to to move uh methods for insight last year. Like obviously mm-hmm. it seemed like it was kind of like uh Kleenex's like it was obviously his old teammate and it kind of created the whole the all EU roster over there. So uh yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I like the prediction.
0: Um just because i just i don't know something's weird with the team so i I don't think it's the worst idea in the world to say that toronto's gonna sub them in but where do you where's your head at for your second prediction
1: my second prediction is that uh after the season uh paris legion does us all a favor and they sell their spot hey i'm all for that (laughs) um maybe this is just me like wish wishfully thinking um but i i think if the league is really to propagate and grow like a lot of people want there needs to be a core of 12 really committed teams um i think it's it doesn't look good on these like outside investors who don't really know esports um if they get it, if they like are pitched this like 25 million plus dollar commitment and they have teams that are like you know not even running a social media account not producing any kind of like digital content be it like pictures <laughs> videos um mm-hmm. anything of the sort um maybe this is the, so this is just me like thinking like long term i think that you know paris legions their their heart isn't in it i think they could easily sell to another uh you know parisian french buyer um or else they, they just need to overhaul what their whole thing is. Like maybe they need to bring in like outside investors into their team who actually know what the heck they're doing. Yeah. Um, because I, I, I do want the French team to stay. I don't want them to like sell and go to like, you know, like Berlin or some other EU team, <laughs> I mean, not to, not to say that I don't want like these, like out, like more, you know, localities to get teams or something. But like, I think France has a lot to offer um, and I just think that the Paris Legion are doing them a great disservice. Yeah,
0: yeah. I I mean I got no argument against you there. I hope it's true. I could see it being true as well because it, we've heard like I swear this past offseason there was even rumors that they could potentially sell and get new ownership and stuff. Um, but yeah, I'm all for that prediction. I'm not going to argue with you. I'd like to see it happen, and I I think it's definitely a possibility. You ready to move on to number 3?
1: Yeah, let's go number
0: 3. I think I I have a pretty interesting one for this that I think might be my boldest of all the ones I listed. It just happened to be the one I listed third. Okay. Uh I said four different teams will win a major this year.
1: Oh jeez.
0: So not not I'm not including champs in this. I'm saying in the we've So there's four majors. Four majors, four different teams are going to win. That's my bold prediction. Wow. No team will win twice, not including champs. Because I'm assuming one of the teams that wins one of the majors is probably going to win champs. So this is completely act like champs doesn't exist. The four majors, four different teams are going to win. Uh, I, like I said, this one might be completely wrong. FaZe might win all four. But I went really bold because when I was looking at the teams, I obviously think FaZe can win a major. I obviously think New York can win a major. Definitely think Optic can win a major. Definitely think Toronto can. I think Thieves, on their best day, could have potential to win one. I think Rocker on their best day could have potential to win one. And then I think Super Dark Horses, LAG and London, are obviously extreme dark horses, but I think on their right day, if they hit the ceiling we think that they might have, they could potentially win an event. So I have four teams I feel very confident that they can win an event, two teams that I feel you know pretty solid they could win, and then two dark horses. So for that reason, I'm going to say screw it. And for my boldest prediction, I'm saying four different teams will win a major this year. No repeat champ. Obviously, unless I could see a, a repeat champ at the actual god champs but we're not counting that one so for the four majors four different teams are winning them
1: that would potentially set up like one of the you know what could go down as like one of the most competitive seasons in history then i mean considering yeah. that there's only four chances throughout the regular season to be crowned like an event winner and you have four different teams with what, with how consolidated the talent is now that's a really i I really like that I think that's uh very interesting um coincidentally with with my third bold prediction, I said at least three different teams will win a major, so i, I gave myself the out for phase winning two of them um, oh did you
0: so so you said three,
1: yeah, so you said four, I said three so i was I was very less i was a lot less bold than you that's uh yeah, yeah, I mean all for the same reasons you said um you know all of. The different teams that I think could win majors. Um you know, I I don't know. I I really like uh I really like where our heads are at though, and it's funny that we both put them at three though. <laughs> yeah, we didn't talk about this at all
2: before the podcast.
0: Uh like where we were putting things, what we exactly. even had.
2: Yeah, I I mean I'm I, I'm not opposed
0: obviously I'm not opposed to you saying three different teams are gonna win when I said four. I mean This is obviously, like I said, the boldest one I went with, but I actually do think it's possible to happen. So, I mean, I don't really have too much else to say about it, but I also not only, like, said this as, like, a bold prediction, but I really hope it happens because it'd make the year extremely fun if four different teams won. So champs could just be completely chaotic. And, like, imagine if FaZe wins the first one and then don't win two, three, or four. Champs would be hectic going in because maybe FaZe wouldn't be the favorites, which would be unbelievable to think, but I don't know. I'm going with it. I'm going to try to speak it into existence because I think it'd make the year a lot more fun for us to talk about, too, if different teams were constantly winning. So that's what I'm saying for mine. You ready to move on to number four?
1: If one more thing, if that happened, like the gap between like the number one, two, three teams would be so much less than yeah, in terms like, of like pointing away. Yeah. So, I mean, like I was saying with like the bottom four teams battling it out for like the eight spot. um we could just as easily see like if, if our prediction came true for like all these different teams possibly winning a major you know the battle for the one two seed or something could be you know and extremely close i mean in think about this though
0: uh, last year we had five majors right and phase wins three of them uh minnesota wins one and toronto wins one we'll think about I mean, obviously, Toronto, uh, Minnesota, phase. that's three different teams in five majors, but Empire went to a game nine with Faze. They could have won at game nine in one of those majors, and there'd been four out of five majors would have had different teams winning them. So it's not... Compl- I mean, we think Faze was so dominant last year, but it was one game nine away from Dallas winning it from being four different teams, one major and five chances. I mean, you exactly. could also... Flip that and say it was also a four zero series lead for Ultra away from being still only two teams one <laughs> a major, so I, it right. goes both ways. I get that, but you know we were I, the fact of the matter is that Ultra uh, reverse sweep did happen, and we were one game away from having Dallas win an event too. So I don't think it's completely out of the realm possibility that it for sure yours could come true with three different teams winning. But I mean mine's obviously pretty wild having four different teams win. But I'm kind of rooting for it and hoping it happens. All right. Fourth prediction, you want to go first or you want me to go this time?
1: Uh, I'll go ahead. Um, I said that uh, Optic will not win a major. Oh, God.
0: Put down the pitchforks in the comments.
1: Trigger warning, I know. (laughs) Um, I don't know. Uh, This is just me kind of like being bold, being like the devil's advocate here. Uh, I know that Optic have you know the best team they've had in many, many years. Um, I just don't know if this, you know, if, if the circumstances suit them. Uh, I, I have a feeling if they don't win major number one, they're not going to win a major, unless it's like, unless they make like a crazy run at like number four. Um, you know, towards the end of the year, because I just, you know, the whole optic narrative of them, like, you know, going away in the middle part of the season at least from like seeing Sundays and stuff um i'm not exactly too high on them uh you know riding out the entire year like super strong um but yeah i just uh i think the other teams might have more to say about it than optic um not to say that i don't think that optic can't win a major i just think they won't
0: yeah, that's an interesting one. I do think Optic is going to be one of those four teams. Like I said, for my bowl prediction, I do think they're going to win a major this year because I think if uh, it will be pretty catastrophic if they don't considering they weren't able to win one uh, last year at all and really even come close, they weren't even in the finals last year. Uh, I think it's a make or break year. I think it's a little different this year with Optic having Shotzi and Ilya, two young guns that are really motivated and brand new to the scene. I I don't know. I don't know that necessarily see that one happening, but I do think it's a good bull prediction because it's definitely not out of the realm of possibility, but I have faith that optics going to find a way to win a major this year. And that's interesting that, I mean, obviously you don't fully 100% believe all these things are 100% going to come true, but it's interesting that you had optic at what two in your regular season standings. Yep. That means you think they're gonna be pretty consistently in that top three though, if this is to come true. Um, Yeah. I I just
1: think that they're going to accumulate enough points throughout the throughout the year. Yeah.
0: It's definitely a possibility because, like, if you say it's crazy, well, I mean, just look at last year. Their team had a ton of talent on paper, and they weren't able to even make a finals. So, definitely possible. Ah, I'd be pretty shocked though. Like, that's why it's a bold prediction. I'd be pretty shocked if it happens. Um, for my fourth one, I went. This is kind of weird and really like hard to quantifier judge but i said paris and seattle will actually finally find franchise players for the first time and establish a real direction for the first time in their history in the cdl which is very different obviously if paris sells their spot like you said which i could also see happening this will change narratives but assuming paris doesn't sell their spot i think paris and seattle are going to actually find franchise players for the first time establish a real direction for their franchise going forward players i listed as potentials obviously seattle it's pretty clear pred sib or both one of them will be established as a franchise player and you know seattle maybe doesn't have the best season but they actually have like somewhat of an outlook and not just constantly flipping through players uh going into each new year and then i said paris between fellow or maybe temp the reason i say those two maybe they're not the highest end players but do we really believe paris is actually going to spend money on a top am or like an actual top tier veteran i don't think they're going to but i do think fellow can be a really really consistent player that can maybe take Paris uh, with the right team around. And maybe it's not the team this year, but in the future, maybe they keep fellow as their piece to go forward. And I don't know that fellow is a piece that can like carry you to a top four finish, but I think maybe he could take them from being consistently 12th to at least somewhat making an actual effort at the eighth spot and making playoffs. I think either that, or, I mean, we've seen a million times temp have flashes of being a top player. Uh, maybe he flashes that this year since he's, more in a role to let him shine. Maybe he flashes that, and they build around him or something. Uh, not saying they're going to be top end players, but maybe the teams will decide to build around them. So that's what I'm saying. Paris and Seattle actually find a direction for the first time.
1: Yeah, I, I really, uh, I think that's optimistic. Uh, <laughs> obviously, no, obviously, that's things that we want to see um, for the for the health of the league. We yeah. want to see these like you know teams that haven't had too much success. We want to see them make an identity or you know really if they don't make an identity we want to see them like you know find greener pastures elsewhere because we want we want motivated teams we want motivated ownership yep um, like i i think it's really hard with teams that have continuous year over year uh roster turnaround and attrition um it's hard to really like you know for for the franchising model of like having you know local you know local like geographical buy-in to your team like it, it's hard for uh you know people to get excited about you know players and your team if like it's new faces every single year so if we can get these like franchise players or like maybe even like one guy to stick around or something to build around like uh i think that's good for these teams like as as weird as it is to say like the The reason I was kind of like a Seattle like supporter was because of Octane. Like he was there for two years, even though they like sucked ass. Um, Yeah, for two years. Like at least it was like, hey, they have Octane. Like you know, he's a. I really like his personality. Like he has good like YouTube stuff. Like so, I'm gonna like follow Seattle and like I'm gonna be kind of invested in like if they're winning or losing. Yeah. Um. I don't know. As weird as that is, like that's like what you know your average like you know, Joe Blow fan might be thinking.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I see the logic in that completely. And I think maybe the reason it's different for Seattle this time is because Octane was an established vet. And this time they have completely unestablished young players. So maybe they view them more as franchise pieces as backwards as that might seem. But I don't know. It's, it's an optimistic, hopeful, um, it's wishful thinking. I hope it happens because like you said, health of the league improves if that does uh, actually happen. So something, i really hope to see hopefully it actually comes true um on to our fifth prediction though yep all right my fifth prediction is i just talked about optimism i'm going to pessimism now i'm saying that we play at least one major this year without a third game mode
2: oh yes three searches and
0: two hard points give it to me baby oh my gosh oh
1: that's depressing i hope
0: it, i once again hope it's not true but i mean will we be shocked if it is might as,
1: might as well just sub tupac thug lord in for D.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah why not do it
1: uh, yeah uh i mean are we even remotely close to like having a viable like like a competitive map set for the third game mode like i know that there's been rumors about like you know, spawns potentially being, like, uh, like, patched or something, like, not that it's gonna, like, revert to a traditional Call of Duty spawn system, like, it might still be... I don't know. I think that that's been, like, the major holdup because, like, it's just way too, like, dumb for control, like, for lack of a better term, to have, like, the current system. Um, yeah. You have any thoughts or uh, any any more news uh, from on the ground reporting? I mean, I don't have
0: any like actual factual. Like knowledge to base this off of. It's just a feeling because. I mean, like. Do we really have faith in sledgehammer? We've heard there's rumors that there's like a potential spawn update coming as soon as tomorrow. We're recording this on Monday night tomorrow. There could be a potential spawn update with like the season one reloaded (laughs) or whatever they're calling it. I mean, we heard this in modern warfare. That's why LEG wasn't screaming that there was a big update coming and spawns were getting updated. And you know, we've heard this before. I don't necessarily believe it. Um, I hope that I'm wrong. I hope there's a giant spawn update coming tomorrow. The game actually has logical spawns. We're playing control. But what are the percent chances of that happening? To be honest, it might actually be zero. Uh, so I'm not going to like drink the Kool-Aid and believe that's actually true. But I don't know. I actually think it could be kind of interesting if we play three S&Ds a series and two R points. I don't want it to just become a thing. Although S&D is the friendliest spectator mode, it's games like Valorant and CS, which are the most popular in the first-person shooter genre, are only strictly search and destroy. So it's an interesting conversation to have. But... I don't know. I think it's bold. I think it's weird. Who knows if it'll happen, but I mean, tomorrow the spawns might be fixed, and as this gets uploaded, people might already know that we're playing a third game mode, and it might just look stupid, but hey, I'm saying uh, we play at least one major without a third game mode.
1: Yeah, that's... Uh, I, I wouldn't put it past, uh, especially since we're uh, right around a month away from mm-hmm. beginning mm-hmm. Uh, the first stage, and... oh. I got something to rage about in a second after you finish this thought. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, I guess rage about it before I give my fifth, uh, bold prediction, but <laughs> yeah, like we have i uh, I'll just finish this thought. Um, okay. Like our team's even going to agree to like, like, is it going to be like just G8 out until like there's like totally like, you know, until everyone's like 100% sure that like this is like the right thing to do or like, so it's obviously like hard point and s and d are kind of like staples like it's just been this like the question of a third game mode like i don't know like what's gonna happen that's just kind of like my pessimism
0: yeah 100 see where it's coming from i i can't argue with you at all there um my thing i was about to rage about was you talked about like we're a month away and like can they fix it in that time and like when you hear that you're like they have a month to potentially fix it like that's plenty of time oh man if you think that you don't know call of duty and the the thing i want to say about that is silent plant and diffuse aren't in the game yet they talked about fixing this like a month ago i raged about it like a week into the game when i was playing gbs i i heard they were fixing it people said "Ah, it's coming the next update it's coming the next update i believe it was in the patch knows that they fixed it in one of the patches they definitely didn't uh, so i don't know if they just like think that they did it and haven't like even listened to community feedback but i finally for the first time in a while a couple of my friends asked me to destroy my mental health and play gbs and I was like, fine, I'll play some more GBs, I haven't played in a couple of weeks. Uh we had to like start up a new team or whatever. They invite me to the team. First match we get matched up against like the 30th ranked team. I'm like ready to get into the mix. I mean, these kids play like such rats on cage. You plant in the A site and there's so many little corners you can play outside of it. They plant, and then if you ever try to defuse, they hear you like crank the thing on the bomb. So they instantly chow you. Or if you ever try to get a plant down, they sit behind the door in the room next to it and they the second they hear you crank the bomb they jump through the doors and kill you and you can't drop the bomb fast enough i mean for the love of god why do we think they can fix anything in the game in a month's time when they can't even fix the the silent plant in three months the game's been out three months and silent plant isn't fixed i had to go on that rant because i i'm literally dumbfounded that it's not fixed like like sometimes i'm sarcastic with the fixes they need to make on the game because i'm just fed up but I'm legitimately dumbfounded that that's not fixed. So I have no faith that a month is enough time for them to fix anything.
1: Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> sad, I guess. More <laughs> pessimism. Yeah. Get on to your fifth prediction, though. Enough of that. Right. Um, my fifth prediction is that by the end of stage two, by the end of major two, we will have had six total goal rosters.
0: Okay, by the end of uh, for, for some reason when I first registered that I thought you were talking the whole season I was like that's no, no, nothing no, but by the no, end no, of major so 2. So I guess. this is
1: like halfway so this will be like, you know, halfway through the year, I guess, is like four majors, okay. so halfway through uh and so that means there'll be have like made six roster swaps. Like okay. Teams the whole like so that means like um I guess I'm not really sure if that's like too conservative like there might just be teams like wholesaling it or something okay Um, but you know for the amount of teams that i think should you know ride it out um i think that there might be the fair their fair share of teams that are like trigger happy with like making moves or something Um, i the best for sure yeah um and you know like if, if i was to like point out six players to you right now and be like at the end of stage two these guys will like not be playing like that would be pretty shocking to me, or like if you were to like give me six like six players who you think are like on the chopping block. I think like just because the the league is so consolidated, um, you know, I would be hard pressed to like be like, man, like these make sense. Like, yeah, I could definitely see these being issues. Like, it would be like you know massive news. Like anytime any roster move gets done nowadays, it's like holy crap, like this person just got benched. Yeah. So I I like that that one because that's my thought. Like, I mean, how
0: the hell do we know how many people are going to get moved around? It is so hard to predict, but I feel like six is a good, like, middle ground. I could see it. If it was major one, it'd be a little tougher, but major two, I could definitely see there being uh, at least six moves by then, if not more. Honestly, all depends because a lot of the bottom teams, uh, at least teams that we expect to be bottom, have a lot of young players. So who knows? Maybe they're not as trigger happy to move on from their young guys and give them time. So maybe six ends up being right because just a couple people make swaps. Maybe it ends up being way too low because maybe some of the... I think it all depends on if teams end up where they're supposed to be after two majors. Like if everybody's kind of where they expected to be, I don't know that a lot of moves will be made, but if there's teams that are struggling way too much, a lot of moves will be made. Or uh, teams that are like struggling even more than we expected, maybe a lot of moves will be made. But that'll be an interesting one to see play out. Uh, We'll have to maybe go... Maybe at... That'll be something we do, uh, like in the episode leading up to like the week before Major Two. We'll go back and see if any roster changes have been made, and see how close you were. See if you were like way too low, or if teams are just sticking sticking with their team and riding it out. That'll be an interesting one to look back on. Mm-hmm. All right, you ready to get into unfortunate segment this week for me? Down bad sports moment of the week.
1: <laughs> maybe I'll just I'll go I'll go first and clear the clear the stage for you. Maybe.
0: Yeah, I mean your lines are kind of linked. I think you might be shocked with what I say for this, but your lines are kind of linked to to mine a little bit.
1: Yeah, that's that's potential. Um I'll be interesting to hear how you how you how you do that up. Um <laughs> actually why don't, why don't, why don't you just go ahead and clear uh get your get your thing. Get All it right. off the chest.
0: I mean If we would have done this, recorded this yesterday after the game, it would have been like, I was down so bad. I mean, I actually, the whole week when I was talking to people people about the Colts-Jags game, I had zero confidence. You can ask any of my friends. I usually watch every game. It's like a tradition on Sunday. I usually watch football with my dad and he's basically become kind of like a pseudo Colts fan at this point because he's a Vikings fan and they've just been stuck in mediocrity for a while now and the Colts have also been kind of up and down since Luck retired, but Uh, I'm a lot more passionate about the Colts than he is about the Vikings. So he's almost like a Colts fan for me to talk uh, about the team with, because obviously living in Wisconsin, literally everybody here is a Packer fan. I don't have a lot of people to talk to about the Colts. Uh, So I'm talking to him all week. I'm like, the Colts haven't won in Jacksonville since 2014, since Lux like second or third year, there's no way they're winning. They're not winning this week. It's not gonna happen. I just like knew it wasn't gonna happen for some reason. Now, obviously they should have won. I mean, they were 14 and a half point favorites and they lost by what 15? Might be like one of the biggest swings in betting history. A 14 point favorite losing by uh over 14 points. That's absurd to think about. Um, but I was really down bad at the time. I was like, God, this team three or four weeks ago, we were calling them the hottest team in football. We believe that they had a chance to maybe not win the Super Bowl, but make a solid run, maybe win a playoff game or two and really set themselves up for a good future. Uh, we thought maybe Wentz was the answer and this is kind of what I'm getting at. We thought maybe he is the answer. He played pretty well, but, uh, now that you're kind of out of the blind, just happiness for your team and just like loyalty to your team and you get out of the season. Uh, I was able to kind of reflect on the season. I was like, maybe the loss was a little bit of a good thing. Uh, sucks in the short term because you want to see your team in the playoffs but maybe good in the long term because I think Carson Wentz mistakes were masked a lot this year. I mean when we beat the Patriots he was 5 for 12 for 50 yards and in an interception. Uh-huh. And in a lot of the games we won down the stretch apart from the Cardinals game where he played really well a lot of the games he had less than 150 yards uh and zero touchdowns. Like he averaged on the year 61% completion percentage. His touchdown to interception ratio was good but I mean yards per attempt was uh like the same as guys that were absolute bottom feeder quarterbacks, like backup quarterbacks. Uh, He was like, I think lower than 32 in yards per attempt, which for you, those of you that don't follow the NFL, that means he was lower than uh, like there's 32 starting quarterbacks. So he was worse than some backups in yards per attempt. Uh, And I think this opened their eyes uh, that the Carson Wentz experiment should maybe be over and they need to be aggressive in the market to get one of those veteran quarterbacks that might be available for trade Um, cough, cough, Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson. Uh, so I don't know at the time I was extremely down bad but I mean to make me feel a little better if they would have gotten the playoffs with the way things went with the Raiders winning uh they would have been the seventh seed and had to go to Kansas City and with the way they were playing there was absolutely zero chance they were beating the Chiefs anyways so they would have been first round exits regardless uh and it might have sped up the process of realizing that Carson Wentz isn't the guy so I was extremely sad yesterday because obviously I want to see my team play in the playoffs, but actually kind of looking at the way things might go long-term I'm actually not as sad about it but I did have to laugh when I was talking to my sister that uh, the Lions even when they win they kind of lose which is I was I was thinking of you and I want to save this for the podcast it's just (laughs) obviously it's an exciting win for them to beat the Packers because I know living in Wisconsin that Packer fans really like to talk a lot no matter who your team is and uh, I just think it's very funny that even when the Lions win, they kind of lose because the unthinkable happened. The Jags beat the Colts, so all the Lions have to do is lose, and they get the number one pick. And then this is the week they choose to beat the Packers, and they still don't get the number one pick. So it's just funny that even when the Lions win, they somehow kind of lose a little bit. I thought that was pretty funny.
1: Yeah, uh, <laughs> funny. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of you know for my down bad sports moment, um, not really. You know, it's just, we're kind of in that, like, you know, fantasy football's over. I've had a week to, to live down my disappointment from that. I kind of tiraded on the state of Michigan sports uh, last week. I got that out of my system. The Lions was kind of wrapped up in a lot of my tirades this, uh, this year, so I'm kind of spent on the Lions now. Um I'll go ahead and call out uh major league baseball being in a lockdown in a, uh, a lockout right now um due to the C collective bargaining agreement not being uh you know it kind of it expired and now they have to agree to a new one uh or else you know effectively there won't be a major league baseball season um as you know my uh my tigers are kind of on the upswing as we would hope uh yeah, as we'd hope now, uh, you know, with new man- management uh, coming in last year, um, they started, you know, meeting and exceeding expectations of where they should be. And now, uh, you know, Major League Baseball for everyone is just totally like shut down. Obviously, there's no winter baseball in the United States. So um, it, it's kind of obviously these things usually happen during the off season these lock- lockouts um but you know spring training is uh you know just over a month away like the beginning of like pitchers and catchers reporting down to like Florida or Arizona just over a month away um so uh, i'm starting to get a little bit worried uh i'm i don't have any faith at all in the current commissioner rob manfred um to be reasonable he had a uh, You know reports are that he had a uh, Reporter at MLB network Fired uh, hmm. <laughs> over Previous uh, negative Press that he had covered About him um, So yeah, just I don't know I'm but I'm I'm not at the point Where I'm like super Passionate about it because I, I believe That you know for the greater good of The sport they'll reach a agreement At some point Um Yeah but it just doesn't look good on your on your organization and on your sport when uh you know, you're in a state of like not even being able to sign any free agents or anything at this point because you know you can't you know, tech the, yeah, the teams don't technically exist right now. Like it's kind of in that weird like oh the players like they had all their pictures removed from the MLB website. Like it's mm. just blank, like gray faces right now, so it just looks dumb. Yeah. I, I fully agree with that
0: CBA and just lockout issues always suck. Happened in the NBA a couple years back. I know it happened back in the NFL way back before I was born, but they always suck uh, for sure. And it's not getting as much publicity, I guess, because uh, it's the MLB and it doesn't just get as much national attention as mm-hmm. NBA and NFL do just because it tends to be kind of like the, the third ranking one in terms of popularity, but it's definitely an interesting thing to follow. Uh, the one other thing I wanted to say about this was, Something that actually also made me happy is the first thing I always go to whenever the Colts lose is my favorite athlete of all time is Andrew Luck. Uh, I'm a Bucks fan, huge Bucks fan. Giannis won us a title and still I love Giannis. He's probably number two for me in terms of my favorites. Andrew Luck will forever and always be my favorite athlete. Uh, I love the dude. I don't know why he was just an awesome player. And also just like, he was so awkward in interviews and kind of just funny. And I love that. Uh, and tonight at the national championship in Lucas Oil Stadium, uh, Andrew Luck made an appearance. He's on the sideline with Robert Griffin, III, talking about the game, uh, his first public appearance since retiring and like actually being on a mic and the dude lost a lot of weight. Like he lost all of his muscle. It looks like he hasn't really been lifting or anything like he did when he played football. He looks super skinny. Uh, he was in Lucas oil stadium, which is obviously where the Colts play. And, uh, all the Colts fans are tweeting at the owner, Jim Irsay saying you need to hold him hostage in the stadium until he agrees to come back and play football, <laughs> which I thought was pretty funny. That kind of cheered me up. Also, I tweeted about it. He looks so happy in his interview, which obviously we haven't seen him since he retired because he's not a real public guy. He looks so happy in his interview. that He's like, I'm on full-time dad duty. And the dude looked super happy to be retired. So that made me also really happy. And I tweeted that the Colts didn't deserve him because at the time the organization was a mess and they absolutely got him beat up, which is why he retired. And it's really true. Colts didn't deserve him. And I'm really happy to see Andrew look happy. All right. All right
1: some, po- some positivity at the end. I yeah. Like All right. You ready to wrap it up? This is a All long right.
0: episode. All right. So this episode is wrapping up. It's going to be almost a two-hour episode. Maybe mark it down in the books is the longest episode. We kind of saw this coming, though. Season-long predictions, it's got to be a detailed episode. I think it went pretty well. You guys know I love doing this. It was Kyle's first time on a season-long prediction episode. Hopefully, we don't look at look back at this because we had, we had pretty similar overall standings predictions and stuff. So hopefully, we don't look back at this and see ourselves as complete idiots. Uh, And we were way off, uh, but we'll go back probably sometime towards the end of the season, maybe right before champs or after champs and look at how we did on these predictions. And that'll be an interesting one, definitely to check out. Obviously, if you guys are on YouTube, please be sure to leave a like, comment, subscribe. It really helps us out a lot. And we appreciate the support. Definitely comment down below your thoughts on our predictions and some of your own predictions. Uh, We want to see them, see if you're crazy, crazier than us, or maybe you think our predictions are kind of dumb and you explain to us why. Uh, But that's going to do it for this one. We really appreciate the support and we will see you in the next one. Thanks for watching everyone.